Welcome back to the world's premier podcast at the intersection of education, social engagement, and the work of the United Nations proper. I am your host, Eric Novak, and this is Communicate. Today, I have the utmost pleasure of interviewing one of the heavyweights in the global model UN circuit, Andrew Newman. A teacher by profession, Mr. Newman has taught photography at the John Burroughs School in St. Louis, Missouri for the last 28 years and has been its MUN director for the last 25. For the past 20 plus years, Mr. Newman has additionally been the coordinator of the press team at Thymon called Immunity and has been a member of the Thymon Advisory Board. Thymon stands for the Hague International Model UN and is one of the largest, most international and certainly most prestigious Model UN conferences in the world. Mr. Newman is also one of the main propellers of MUN Impact, which is indeed the umbrella organization supporting Communicate and whose work has reached thousands of students across over a hundred countries. In fact, it is interesting to note that the very name for this podcast was concocted in Mr. Newman's savvy brain. It would take many episodes of Communicate to overview all that Mr. Newman has to offer as an educator and model and thought leader. So today, we will hone into only a subset of all that. We will focus on a truly impressive feat he accomplished just yesterday, August 11th, 2020. That day, Mr. Newman pedaled for a hundred miles on his bicycle. You heard me right, a hundred miles, that's about 160 kilometers, together with his MUN co-director at John Burroughs to raise awareness for the UN Sustainable Development Goals and MUN Impact as a whole. So without further ado, thank you for joining me in this episode of Communicate, Mr. Newman. I hope you can still feel your legs today. And please tell me more about the meaning of your bike trek as well as what you gained from the experience. Well, thank you, Eric, so much for that kind introduction. Um, and uh, in fact, we did. Uh, my colleague, Shannon Korobchak, Dr. Korobchak has been at Burroughs for eight years, and I've been there for about 28 years. And we co direct the Model United Nations program. And um, we are all about outdoor adventures and, and love cycling. So we came up with this idea of, cent- uh, of a century for sustainability. Um, for me personally, knowing um, that MUN Impact were engaged in fundraising activities, this would be a really neat way to raise awareness for MUN Impact. Um, so I was thinking it primarily as a fundraiser. And Shannon is always um, adding a cultural component, educational component, which is important to both of us. But she was really focused in on um, raising awareness as part of this campaign. So combined, um, we decided that a 100-mile bike ride, a century, they call it, uh, something that neither of us had ever done and might be inspiring uh, for our students to to engage with us, um, to see our passion. and I digress a little bit only because I want to mention that we've been inspired by so many students over the years in all the initiatives that they create that we thought we could do something that might be inspiring for them. And so uh, this is all about the ride and, and, and good health and well-being SDG 3 for not only ourselves, but trying to encourage our students to uh, at MUN Impact and around the world to engage in, um, in good exercise, good habits particularly during COVID-19 when we get a little more lackadaisical and maybe become couch potatoes and are not getting out as much um, to, uh, to exercise and to uh, encourage them to set their own goals, um, to get outside their comfort zones and to uh, engage in some kind of exercise. So combined effort um, to raise awareness about the SDGs, Dr. Kropchek and I believe that 
um, we wanted to really look at the greater St. Louis area and how our in our community um, we're tackling the issues of sustainability. How are we supporting the SDGs? And especially during COVID-19. So we kind of went through all of the 17 goals and we came up with pretty much all of them, but wanted to focus on about half of them during our ride. And so we started researching um, to raise awareness about some of those programs, which we can get into in a little bit. Um, so that's really what the, what the ride was all about. And of course, besides the uh, awareness that it raises because of the difficulty of the event itself, in your practices as well as in the right, people saw you in immune impact gear. And to my understanding as well, you often stopped and talked to locals about the activity, the organization, the movement, and everything else. What was your experience like talking to these individuals who perhaps didn't have any prior knowledge of uh, Model UN or of immune impact as an organization? And how did they respond to the ride? We, that's a great question. We had a lot of very positive responses to what we were engaged in and what our students are doing. I'll name in particular um, the Urban League, which in St. Louis um, is, is a national organization here in the States whose mission uh, is basically to empower African-Americans and others throughout the region in securing uh, economic self-reliance, social equality, and, and civil rights. And Dr. Kropchak had been volunteering for, for several months, always in some May, um, to provide food. They have uh, lines, uh, cars lining up thousands of people uh, every week at two different locations to uh, receive goods, um, food, um, and uh, all kinds of resources um, and shopping items, but primarily food um, to feed their families. And so these are a lot of people who are out of jobs um, and, and, and having a hard time um, with, with the income. So it's a tremendous resource for a lot of food agencies um, to provide these necessities to individuals in our community. And Shannon had been on the food line and I volunteered with her one weekend and we got to talk to a, a lot of the people who organized this event. So um, it was incredibly impactful to, um, to be a part of this program and for them to learn about um, how our youth are engaged in initiatives and how they can come out and help um, serve the communities in, in such a way. We also connected with Cortex, which is a um, tech hub in St. Louis. Uh, many startup companies, uh, Microsoft is a big one, um, that are in, a, in an innovation center um, uh, in an area in St. Louis. And an actual building dedicated to ideas and brainstorming, um, professional development um, is really exciting. And so they have, we learned that they have their own sustainability committee, a head of sustainability. They were very curious uh, how we were raising awareness about the SDGs and what the United Nations and model United Nations uh, are doing. And so we engaged with them and they um, tweeted out and, and sent uh, information to their colleagues um, to let them know about what we were doing. So there's just two of many groups that we, we connected with, learned about their programs, they learned about ours, and, and, and in a way formed partnerships with them. And I think those are relationships that will be everlasting. Wow, it's absolutely amazing. And if I were to guess, I think one of the things that uh, speaks most favorably when it comes to um, marketing for those partnerships is the resilience that's needed to bike for a hundred miles, a full century of awareness, if you will. So I'd like to know a little bit more how your training was like and um, how you planned for this relatively cumbersome activity, to say the least. And 
how you think others might also be able to set their own goals, which assumedly for many will be less than 100 miles, but will be their own personal challenges nonetheless. How might others also create their own goals and plan analogously, though perhaps not fully similarly to what you did? I I love the way you put that because not everyone is going to go out and run a marathon and do these high achieving goals. Uh, Dr. Kravchek and I are both outdoor people. I've run two marathons. My my high school my mile time was 4:32. I ran a marathon in 3:25. So um, I set high goals for myself. And Dr. Kravchek has run a um, a triathlon um, and, and done very well with that. So we um, I'm, I'm grinning ear to ear uh, if you could see my face right now because we had a ball training together. Um, we did our own solo rides and, and we did a lot of cross training and, and open water swimming in a lake, um, did that together. So we were able to social distance, but at the same time train together and we just had a ball doing it because we just were able to share a lot of stories. We were brainstorming ideas for our own model United Nations program and thinking about MU and impact and all of our students globally while we were training and that was just so uplifting and so we came up with a lot of ideas as we trained but we did train pretty hard and we definitely prepared ourselves for this so we didn't get injured um and we knew what we were capable of so i'd, I'd strongly encourage for students to get outside their comfort zone um to be realistic about their goals and not to think that they have to they have something that's just totally un, un, unsustainable and unachievable um so you know Shaznak just um swam two kilometers um, Zoe Fisher just, um, biked 24 miles because 24 was her favorite number and she never biked further than probably 12, 15 miles. Uh, would you be able to very briefly, um, elaborate on who these individuals are? So Zoe, Zoe Fisher is our, our global secretary general of MU and Impact and Shasnak is, is one of our leaders, uh, at MU and Impact as well. And so these are two individuals who have signed on to the campaign, um, with their own donation buttons. Uh, we can share with you uh, the campaign fundraising website. Um, so they are two of many people who have, um, have committed to creating their own campaigns. So those are two, and Shasnak just did 20, uh, two kilometers of swimming, which he said was absolutely exhausting, but he um, was thinking about, about the SDGs as he was swimming that distance and, and talked about the SDGs to others as part of his awareness campaign. And I think those are two great examples um, there are students who want to just throw basketballs into hoops and see how many they can get in at the and consecutively. There are some who are are I think Sarah or Lois Lemon is a, is a fencer or Taekwondo um, and just have, are setting themselves goals. Someone's going to do a bunch of push-ups and no one's checking them to see if they uh, accomplish it. Some people are uh, are saying, you know, I'm going to bike, bike 50 miles and would you sponsor me for every mile? So there are a lot of different uh, styles of this campaign, which are really fun and creative. Yeah. And that makes sense because um, we're all very different from each other and it's the symbol that matters, not the specific action that led to the symbol, but the reasoning why. Now, to the extent that your campaign was obviously very successful at the individual level and also very successful in motivating others to set their own campaigns, both for fundraising as well as for personal health and improvement, do you have any more uh, metric-specific key performance indicators regarding how well your campaign actually went? Well, we... um... We set a goal of $5,000 and we are now at $6,017 in just under a month. Oh, wow. Um, So I think um, that we've been very successful to the extent that we've, um, 
we've thought about what it looks like to stretch our campaign uh, amount. So we're now going reaching for $10,000. So doubling that amount, we reached out to all of our supporters so far and thanked them profusely for their support. And uh, to keep that momentum going, we explained you know, what their money uh, provided for us, um, where it's going and what it's doing, and that we want to keep the momentum, as I said, momentum going. So uh, we wanted to extend the uh, the amount and hopefully reach that uh, even bigger goal. So we are, our aim, sites are even higher at this point, but no metrics. I mean, in terms of measuring things um, other than um, keeping track of, of, uh, of where that money's coming from and who our supporters are, uh, because we are, we are looking to expand that, that uh, network of people. Yeah, absolutely. And if I were to, um, briefly make an, a quick analogy here. I think that the hardest thing is the first step. And to see that this, your first step, was already so large and so impactful, I think it bodes not just positively for what you were able to accomplish in this immediate goal, but the actual true potential of both this initiative as well as similar initiatives like this. I'm reminded of, interestingly enough, um, a YouTuber who started... Uh, basically walking in a single direction in Minecraft, the game, several years ago, I think, back in the 2011 or 2012. And he did a similar, well, walk-related thing, but using the game itself. And started off small, of course, but over time, I think in one of his walks, he was able to raise over $300,000 after he gained traction and gained uh, momentum. That Now, there was a novelty aspect of having, uh, using the game in order to do that. But in your case, you have the resilience aspect, the sheer impressiveness of biking for a hundred miles. And in doing all that, you really, really, I think, do set an example for all of us and what we are able to achieve as humans, not just as individuals, but also as societies. Well, thank you, Eric. And that reminds me to, th to, to mention that this is really a two-part campaign. So this easily could have just been about Dr. Kropchak and me um, and about uh, raising awareness in St. Louis, but we really wanted this to be a two-part, uh, two-tiered campaign and involve the students who've inspired us. So this is a, a cycle of inspiration and we want this to keep going. So as we finished our our hundred miles, the cycle continues in the in the programs that our students are initiating um, and the goals they are setting for themselves. And so the campaign continues through them individually and, and collectively uh, as they hopefully until our next summit meeting in October um, can continue to raise funds, continue to raise awareness about the SDGs and continuing to raise awareness about this wonderful MUN impact program. Absolutely amazing. And of course, the, 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 the initiative has only just started. The first leg may have ended, but this is only the beginning. And what I'd like to point out to uh, the listeners is that one of the things that I found most fascinating about this initiative was the interactive aspect to it, wherein in several trainings, as well as most importantly in the actual bike itself that you did yesterday, um, you filmed the process and you were able to follow along with you on zoom for the full what nine and a half hours is it yeah we took our casual pace and i think having uh having everyone on the call the zoom call the entire time we had to focus on answering questions and, and that was just beautiful it was unexpected um 
to the Zoom the whole time, but it was all about raising awareness. The questions were fabulous. We really enjoyed answering them. We enjoyed talking about some of the locations as we arrived uh, at them. And uh, it really was fun to have my cell phone on a Zoom call with a camera, uh, my view on my handlebars so everyone could see. And, and we just really enjoyed people commenting about St. Louis and what they were seeing, you know, um, who'd never been to the United States. And there were some really um, introspective, uh, interesting comments, uh, culturally, um, socially, politically, what they saw. Um, so in that sense, it was it was a really an added bonus to this whole adventure is, is having this webcasted the entire time. We got a kick out of that. And it gave us certainly tremendous strength thinking about everyone, knowing that there's so many people globally on this call while we were writing, because uh, it, it, it does take its toll on your body, mentally, physically. And so in our miles 60 through 90, um, and then clearly towards the end, um, having everyone cheer us on was just extraordinary. And I think it does go to show the multicultural and multifaceted aspect of the MUN community as a whole, as well as its overall strength to see that uh, we had uh, the interest in supporting you and also a better understanding your own context because we understand how different people around the world have so such different contexts themselves. And now in better understanding your own context, just out of curiosity, when the ride was ending, when you were seeing the St. Louis Arch and you were finally approaching it, ready to finally rest, what was going through your mind? Oh my God, so many things. I can remember your voice, Eric, uh, looking around the city and commenting how empty it looked, but then looking at the, the beautiful old courthouse of St. Louis where the Dred Scott case uh, was tried, uh, ending slavery or helping to end slavery. Um, that was beautiful, you know, just to remind me of, of SDG 16 um, with Peace, Justice, and Strong Institutions and all of our work with UNODC and the E4J curriculum. Um, so yeah, it just, it, my, my head was all over the place. Um, but my cup was so full of joy. Um, and I felt so strong at that point, not even exhausted to be, be honest. Um, it was, it, it was a relief, but at the same time, you know, at the end of a journey, but it's begin new beginnings, um, of so many great relationships in our MU and impact family. So I was, I was just beaming with, with happiness, honestly. I can only imagine Sometimes when we pour our life energy into a project that takes a few weeks or months, the moment the project's done, our feeling is of bliss, sometimes even of emptiness, as if we have uh, less understanding of what happens next. But nevertheless, it's a certain positive emptiness, a certain, yeah. a certain motivational emptiness. Right. I mean, Pierre was tapping in from Orléans, France. He may have been a little further south on vacation, but I know it was 2 a.m. for him. And he went to bed, woke up, hoping we were at the yard. So part of me also was like, oh, my God, let's just finish because people are, are you know, we, we said we'd be there at a certain time. And, and I knew my, while my cup was, was totally full, my power bank was completely empty and my phone was going to die. And I thought, oh, my God, that would be a nightmare if, if I, mile 99.1, my phone died and the connection was lost. And so I was a little anxious about that, <laughs> but uh, it all 
it all worked out in the end, both in, in weather was phenomenal. It was clearly the peak of, of the week here in St. Louis. It poured down rain today, the day after. Um, so everything just came together and, and the end uh, with Cody playing, we are the champions. Um, he played music throughout the last couple hours. It just, it was beautiful. Fantastic. Um, will you briefly explain to the listeners so that everyone's on the same page, what the UNODC and the E4J initiative are that you mentioned slightly earlier, as well as um, who Cody is? Yeah, right. well, Cody is our, our global communications director and is uh, behind the scenes. Uh, fortunately, he's become he's come out uh, and introduced himself more to our group and everyone realizes all the hard work he he's does. He's definitely no longer a behind the scenes guy. I think he, he's, his goatee is almost as famous as Lisa these days. They are a dynamic duo who really run the program. Um, and UNODC is the uh, United Nations Department of Drugs and Crime, and we've uh, created a, a really special relationship um, with them through uh, the department in, in Vienna, Austria. And they, uh, through the Crime Congress that happened five years ago in Doha, Qatar, came out with a declaration um, for this Education for Justice programming, where they realized that the youth are really who need to be tapped into, and if they could extend their agenda items uh, for attaining peace, justice, and strong institutions into the curriculum uh, in schools at all three levels, the primary, secondary, and tertiary, um, that we would have stronger institutions. We would, we would have this difficult time fighting crimes and solving some of these issues on their agenda if our youth understood them and, and started trying to solve them at an early age uh, and understanding that the youth have a voice. And so they pulled in a lot of educators, they pulled in a lot of youth to some of these meetings, high-level um, uh, committee meetings in, um, in Vienna for the past three years, and have created quite a spectacular relationship uh, with different institutions, including MUN Impact and MUN programs. And so now our programming, a lot of conferences will run um, a special forum for um, um, the Crime Congress for, uh, well, specifically for um, the CCPCJ. I know for a fact that um, the Wofuna conferences, that's the World Federation of United Nations Associations, and they host conferences that try to model the procedure of the UN as much as possible. I know that uh, their conferences have instituted the CCPCJ several times um, since the program first started. And I believe that uh, this program has really set forth quite an interesting perspective for MUN at a global level. And it, again, goes to show how well-connected MUN Impact is. Yeah, I'm going to give a quick shout-out uh, you know, Gilberto Duarte, who's been um, our connection to uh, UNODC in, in Vienna uh, and helped us with relationships in New York as well. Um, he is He's met with my students in Doha and in, in The Hague, um, for dinners uh, to just talk about the work he does in his life. And it's just so empowering for our students to connect with, with field agents and, and, and representatives of the United Nations who are doing great work. Um, it's just really empowering for them to, to know their voices are being heard and to hear about the lives of, of, of people who are working for the, the United Nations or with the United Nations. Now, our time is starting to run short, unfortunately, which is why I said your life story is, it has enough content for several episodes. But I wanted to end us off with uh, one final question, which relates to the fact that the school year is about to start really soon. In fact, I think you have a Zoom meeting with, your, um, with the other faculty at John Burroughs. 
pretty soon, within a few minutes. So I wanted to um, get your perspective on how going through this initiative, biking 100 miles, setting the goal for yourself, working for it, how all of that and ultimately kickstarting what seems to be a very potential heavy campaign, how, how, how did that change you as an individual? And in particular, how do you think that might affect the way you approach the school year that'll start in a few weeks? Yeah, well, we certainly, with, with the pandemic, we certainly are um, in a difficult position and certainly in the United States, which is far worse off than other countries, um, it does weigh heavily on my mind. Um, I can't tell you how um, uplifting and hopeful I am coming out of six months of working with MUN Impact and all the work the students-led programs have um, done in, in MUN at home, in classes, um, and in, uh, in debates. And so I'm, I'm actually going into the school year um, very positive um, and really excited to, to engage with my students again, whether that's online or in a hybrid uh, method of, of, of teaching. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. And, and the, the work that I'm doing with MUN as a, as a program director at our school, um, I think we're in just in a great position, uh, to work remotely with students around the world, um, and, and talk about the sustainable development goals and to work with UN officials. I mean, just this morning we had three, the real UN, uh, talking to a hundred of our students. And so I can't wait to connect my own students um, at my school uh, in these programs. Um, so really looking forward to that. Thank you so much for your time, Mr. Newman. I wish you luck in your upcoming meeting, as well as in preparing for the start of the new school year. And I look forward to the next time we're able to host you here in Communique and hear more about your work as the MUN director of John Burroughs, your work with Simon, your, um, your sabbatical that you took this year as well as other facets of your life experiences, which are vast and certainly extremely motivational for our listeners worldwide. Thank you, Eric, so much. They say an MUN program is only as strong as its MUN directors. Well, if biking for 100 miles is any measure of strength, it seems to me that John Burroughs should be in pretty good shape. I hope everyone tuning in was as enthralled as I was hearing about Mr. Newman's adventure with his bicycle and Dr. K. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, follow, turn notifications on, and show this episode to your friends and colleagues if you enjoyed it. And with that, we yield the floor until next time.